Hey guys, it's Tech Talk. Tech Talk Healthcare. I'm Brad Cost with my co-host, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Dr. Jay, What's up, brother? how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. I'm so excited for today's guest. I She's a freaking rock star. She is a rock star. I did a little research on her today, trying to, I, I kept running across Amy Baxter, MD, and I thought, Jay knows an MD. <laughs> <laughs> I know lots of MDs, actually. I know you do. I, I'm just pulling your chain. But she is a rock star. She uh, is. So today our guest is Dr. Amy Baxter. Amy is based, I believe, out of Atlanta, Georgia, aren't you? That is correct. Yeah, I have family in Georgia. Uh, I, I love the state of Georgia. We get we get down there quite often. Uh, but you you are known, you know, in all of the hits that I found on you on Google, you're really into uh, innovation, um, uh, energy, and uh, uh, um, temperature kind of control, cryogenic kind of uh, um, treatment and things. And you, you, you really are against opioids in a lot of cases, it seems like, and uh, which f falls right in the chiropractic realm. You're getting some attention in the chiro world, I know, but... Uh, it seems like you're doing amazing things, but the one thing that I kept seeing hit after hit after hit is you were a Shark Tank contestant, and you were pitching your, uh, was it, is it Buzzy? Buzzy. Buzzy. It's, it's it buzzy. is. It was, buzzy my, it was my very first mechanical stimulation product. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, yeah, uh, that's what, that's how I end all of my uh, bios, is also known for turning down Mark Cuban and Mr. Wonderful on national television. You <laughs> did that, and that is amazing to me. I, I, you know, you're my kind of girl by doing something like that, my kind of lady. That's, that is an amazing deal, but... You can get, I know, I listened to a couple of your lectures. You can get very deep into it. You understand it at an, an amazing level. Um, I, I, uh, I think that is, is ex uh, amazing what you're doing. Uh, Jay's probably going to have to talk to you a little bit more about on the technical side of it. I, I do have a medical background, but, uh, but you, you are really, I listened to some deep, uh, conversations that you had on how you developed it and what it was doing. Uh, and so welcome to uh, Tech Talk. And we appreciate you spending the time with us today yes. to talk about that. Um, uh, you, you, I just can't wait to hear uh, about your product, about you. So could you spend the next few minutes just telling us about yourself? Uh, what started you down this pathway? Uh, in what you're doing and, and uh, uh, let us hear about who you are. Sure. And can I just tell you, Brad, I'm just, I'm delighted to be here and I've known Jay for quite some time and we're doing research together. And the, the best thing was when I found out that Tech Talk is actually uh, 10 minutes, not the 60 seconds that I was expecting and I don't have to <laughs> lip sync. So, I mean, it, this is all great. I, it just keeps getting better and better. I, you just uh, wait, Amy. You just wait. <laughs> so, um, so I am a pediatric emergency doctor, and I then did a fellowship in child abuse, and then I started researching pain, did a fellowship in emergency medicine. I'd always wanted to do acute care medicine, and so ironically, the last 10 years of my clinical practice were procedural sedation, so pushing fentanyl, pushing propofol, in the best of all possible ways. I'm actually really pro-opioids. If I 
have a neck injury and I'm in an ambulance, I'd like 100 mics of fentanyl, not 50. Thank you very much. <laughs> but all of that said, um, I started realizing just how opposed to comprehensive pain management traditionally educated physicians were. And mm -hmm. so when I started understanding that magnesium was a great anti-inflammatory, when I started understanding that um, that a high frequency mechanical stimulation, like rubbing your elbow, that gait control was a really good way to block pain. It was eye-opening how little my colleagues knew about this, how little we've been taught and taught. And, and I, I started becoming aware of the, the whole Purdue Pharma issues that started really when I was in residency. So I was in medical school, graduated in 95, residency in the late 90s and we were fed opioids as the answer to everything along with our drug rep lunches and lasagnas mm -hmm. and it's amazing how vulnerable you are when you have had no sleep you have been on call with someone that's died and then you've got a warm lasagna and some really nice slides that tell you that opioids are not addictive uh potent wow so so anyway so i i had always been a tinkerer an engineer type person invented this device and the reason that I got passionate about it really was I figured everybody would want to stop pain. And I was so surprised at the resistance of my colleagues. So that was where it went from being a nice idea to really becoming passionate about multimodal pain relief. So, so can you tell us the story about how Buzzy was created? Because I think that's just a fascinating story. Oh, sure. Well, so um, for, for your listeners, uh, for an audio-visual aid, so what Buzzy is, is it looks like a little bee, and it has a very high-frequency vibration unit and an ice pack, and it started with kids being able to use it for getting vaccines so that they wouldn't become needle-phobic, and I'm going to let you, this is the frequency. <laughs> that, uh, that's the magic. And I feel better already. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like a vibrator to really make you feel more <laughs> See, she's going to like go right in. She, we've got to introduce her to Cindy Howard. Oh, you yeah, know? Go, go hit it off immediately. <laughs> well, so what had happened was uh, I was all, you know, I've been doing lectures nationally, internationally about pain management. And so I was so ready to educate the nurse who was going to give my kid his four-year-old vaccines. I had my numb and cream. I had my books. I had my stickers. And and the nurse was like, you better sit there and be still or this is really going to hurt. So I started into education mode and she said, no, that stuff doesn't work. Jammed home four vaccines back to back. Wow. And afterwards, my son became so afraid of doctors that he would barf as soon as he knew he had to go. I wow. realized he was never going to drive himself to the doctor when he got old enough. There was There was just not a way that this was going to be part of his healthcare regimen. Sure. And that was when I decided to make something that patients could use to take pain control into their own hands, literally, for their children. I didn't realize at the time that we had created a whole generation of needle-phobic kids starting in the late 80s, totally different story. But, but the way we give boosters <laughs> is very different from the way that people who were born before 1982 got them. So we're not that afraid of needles. People who are in the healthcare field don't really care because we're used to femurs sticking out of thighs. But for the average person born in 19 into the year 2000, you know, 63% of them are afraid of needles. So mm -hmm. um, the the eureka moment was 
thinking about trying to replicate running water using motion, just the same way that if you burn a finger and you stick it under cold running water, the pain goes away. I was driving home from an overnight shift. My steering wheel was vibrating and I realized my hands were numb when I reached for the door. And hmm. so I burst into the house saying, that's it. It's vibration. It's vibration. Eureka. Uh, huh? alarm. Eureka. Eureka moment. <laughs> it really was. It really, it, I've had two Eureka moments in my life and that was one of them. And so we tried it with frozen peas and a strong personal massager and I could leave marks on my kids' hands and they couldn't feel anything with this sharp Wardenburg wheel. So, um, so that cast that eye. I'm never going to be mother of the year because I <laughs> hope my kids to talk about it live. Um, but that was the start to really understand at the same time as the, the gate control and mechanical stimulation field was, was burgeoning, I was there figuring out what worked for sharp pain. Yeah, it's so cool. And I, I think it's just amazing. You know, you're a trained physician and yet you have this amazing, innovative engineering capabilities to just take a concept and literally turn it into a product that's helping so many people. And I remember watching you on Shark Tank and I, I was like, I got to find this woman. So I like went on LinkedIn and I found you and I messaged you. And that's honestly how we connected. So um, I was I was just lucky to be watching Shark Tank that day. That's all. <laughs> Super that, cool. That has really changed your life, though, it hadn't it? The Shark Tank thing. I mean, it seems like. Um, I mean, again, the Google responses. I don't know if you've ever gone out and Googled your name, but uh, there are tons of references to Shark Tank. You know, Shark Tank. I'm not sure that it did change my life. Really? Actually, um, perhaps if I had accepted a deal instead of turning them down, it might have. Yeah unquestionably the the NIH grant I got to develop Buzzy, that changed my life because awesome. if I hadn't gotten funding, I would never have stopped being a doctor. The risk of starting a small business is insane. You know, Jay, it's, it's sure. I mean, and you know too, Brad, it's, uh, so to, to take that risk, doctors are naturally risk averse and so are women in general and being both, I would never have done it without the grant. So right. it was really research that changed my life because that gave me the power then to to discover things that hadn't been known before about what frequencies work, how pain works, what the effect of untreated pain is. And and now I'm doing an, an NIH grant to reduce opioids for low back pain um, with you. And so but but if it hadn't been for wanting to get that grant, I would never have had my second Eureka moment, which was figuring out how the the frequency related to the pachinian corpuscle relates to the position sense relates to joints relates to the spine and it all came together like the usual suspects mm-hmm. which you we are old enough to know but there's a lot of younger people who didn't see that movie and don't get it but it but it's just all of these little pieces coming together at once in this big glorious oh this is how we can reduce pain. And this is why tens doesn't work when it doesn't work. And this is why it does work when it does. And all this stuff, all this stuff. So it's amazing. And so when we come back, we're going to get into a little more detail around that. And I also want to make sure that we inform the audience about how hard it is to get some of these research grants that you've gotten. So we'll, we'll connect on that when we get back. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Um, taking us out with just a little bit of Jason Aldean. We'll be back shortly with Dr. Amy Baxter.
You're listening to Tech Talk Healthcare Podcast with our guest, Dr. Amy Baxter. Amy is the founder and CEO of Pain Care Labs located in Atlanta, Georgia. Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other FM internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. And welcome. We're back. It's Tech Talk. And uh, today we've got a great, uh, great uh, guest with us, Dr. Amy Baxter. Amy is well known for her buzzy. Uh, we're, she's talked a little bit about that, and uh, we're going to talk a little more about that product. Uh, we've talked about how she came to that. Uh, Jay, amazing lady. Uh, Dr. Incredible. Baxter, amazing stories. Let's get a little bit. You were talking about NIH. I want to talk a little, little bit. Jay, let's talk a little bit more about that and how those how that came about uh it's a pretty good size nih uh grant i believe and and what you've done with that and and some billing issues jay why don't you lead off and let's uh, let's let's get back in with dr baxter yes so i i definitely want to get your thoughts on the future of pain management before we get to that though i really do want to make sure the audience understands kind of these eureka moments that you've had as it relates to research and how it translates into clinical practice and innovation so maybe you could just tell us more about that process what it's been like um, and your experience in in changing the world through research and and experimentation with new products sure well i think that there is a tremendous amount of training, as you know, Brad, that goes into understanding data and to really learning how to make a solid study that's going to answer a question without being too broad and can put together what elements need to be there to learn, to push science forward a little bit. That's usually how science is done is very incrementally. What, what the NIH uh, Small Business Innovative Research Grant Program is is 3% of every NIH dollar has to go to a small business that's doing public health research. Because I knew how to do general science and do general research, I was able to apply for a 1.7 million NIH grant. And they take about three months to just put together from the initial research. And then it takes usually get turned down the first couple of times of the one we got, we actually got accepted on the first round, but the, the total amount of time to get an NIH grant is probably about six months of, of learning new things, doing something novel and putting it together. The interesting thing about the SBIRs uh, is that they are really supposed to be high risk, high reward breakthrough research. This is something that's not incremental. This is something that's not the way normally you do things in science. This is go for a moonshot. What are you going to do with this? So because we have been using a very high frequency vibration for needle pain. So, and actually it's very relevant right now with COVID. So you put it on your arm for about 60 seconds. It separates the muscle fibers. So it decreases that delayed pain in the same way that vibration works better than massage to decrease delayed onset muscle soreness. So mm -hmm. you, you get those muscles warmed up for the injection. During the injection, what you're doing is you're using a very high frequency vibration to hyper stimulate those A beta large fibers. So you've got the, the motion nerves are being triggered and they override the little thin A deltas. So you don't feel that pain. And then after the vaccine goes in, you can use it to massage 
and again, work in that, that extra liquid and volume so that it doesn't damage the tissue so you don't get pain the next day. So another bonus that we found out is that the specific frequency is high enough to be a sympathetic stimulator. So mm -hmm. you stop that fainting response. So all of this stuff is great for vaccines, but one of my colleagues used it to not take opioids after a total knee. Because if you can block needle pain, you can block knee pain. It's all the same pain nerve. It's not like the body has a separate set of nerves for if somebody kicks you and a separate set of nerves for somebody punches you, right. you know, any more than you've got two stomachs for dessert and dinner. Although sometimes, sometimes <laughs> my kids argue that you do. Jay but, does, I'm uh, sure. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so yes, me too. For, for all of this NIH stuff, um, I was putting together what we have learned for 10 years doing needle pain. And there's just amazing research on energy pain relief and energy recovery and what it does to retrain nerves, what it does to help the myocytes re um, sort of cock. So they, you've got, you've got more potential energy there. So the muscles respond more strongly and, and particularly for myofascial trigger points for, for getting out these knots rather than just using pressure, which is going to stimulate the raffini corpuscles and give you some and Merkel discs. And so you get some pain relief there. But when you've got a certain frequency of vibration, you start stimulating Pacinian corpuscles, which is a, the most potent of pain blockers. So, you know, I, I'll go down these deep rabbit holes, but there was just getting you know, someplace in the, the week on end of reading paper after paper after paper on vibration, mechanical stimulation, corpuscles. Um, it just all became so obvious what was going on. Yeah, and that, and it was, was, that was cool. And it was great to see when we did the pilot with our patients in our practice, the responses were incredible. I think patients were surprised that it actually helped so much and that it was a, it was a great experience for them. So definitely. So, so, we're, just so the listeners know, we're working on a low back pain device. So the Pacinian corpuscle frequency that maximally stimulates is about 200 Hertz. It's between 180 and 250. And this is why sometimes 10 units don't work well for people. First reason is it turns out you're targeting the pachinian, which is the deepest of all of the A-beta nerves. And so if you are covered in a layer of um, more chub than you were before <laughs> COVID, uh, it's harder to penetrate. You've got to jack up the amplitude. And so it's sort of this, this three-dimensional understanding of pain management. Um, we're, we're manipulating frequencies. We're manipulating the, the amplitude. And we're manipulating the orientation of these motors so that we can stimulate the nerves in a pathway that not only reduces pain, but it also extends to the tight muscles around it so that they release and some of the cytokines that get trapped can, can go away. So it's um, the low back pain device. We actually, I think, sent you a box of them. The, the newest ones, I think, oh, yeah. yesterday. Yes, so we did. We're getting there, baby. We're excited. We're excited. Um, yeah, we got 20 units in, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so... What do you see based on your research and based on what you're learning? Um, what do you see as the future of pain management? I, I think it is going to be energy. I think that we are going to be looking at all sorts of different um, mechanical energies. Uh, we're looking at lasers now, obviously. We've got mm -hmm. infrared. We've been using ultrasound for quite some time. I think we're going to get to a much more sophisticated understanding of what frequencies are good for what particular pain conditions and what mechanisms to 
implement those energies at the same time as we're doing physical manipulation. Because I think that that's one of the, the biggest parts of mobility is that you still need to have a practitioner. You need to have somebody who can, can feel where the tight spots are, but sure. patients can also do that. So I think that we're going to be putting more of the, the pain management part into patients' hands for them to use at home. And I think that in clinics, we're going to understand a lot more with a lot more sophistication, what kind of energy is going to work for which particular pain conditions and what people need to do at home to, to keep that, that magic going to get to, to get back to full, easy flexibility and mobility. Patient empowerment. It's a beautiful thing. And multimodal too. I, I absolutely think that we are going, you know, especially now COVID again has made people appreciate supplements like they haven't before. You know, zinc, melatonin, vitamin D, quercetin and, and baby aspirin. I mean, that's my, my go-to cocktail if you test positive or get exposed. Mm -hmm. And it's clear that those are more effective than most of the medications that are out there now. Yep. So I think that we're going to, we, I actually have a, a COVID trial on nasal irrigation that was more effective than the monoclonal antibodies that wow. were coming out in about, um, hopefully I'll, I'll put it on med archive on uh, January 19th. But this is, I think where we're going to be going is a much more, uh, it's not one size fits all. It's holistic, um, comprehensive pain management rather than uh, calling it complementary. Love it. I love it. And you're distributing these products through a couple of venues, right? I mean, you're, you're doing through providers and then you, you can buy these directly also, can't you? As- so Brad, this is, this is the amazing frustrating thing about America. Uh, yes. I mean, we have them on Amazon. You can go, you can get Vibracool on amazon.com and go get it people. Right. Buzzyhelps.com and paincarelabs.com. And if you, uh, and probably Vibracool is just in FSA store. If you've got extra FSA money, go there. But we tried to make a reusable device that didn't have leads or anything dumb you had to buy over and over again and price it in a way that people could buy it themselves. And it turns out that if you're FDA regulated, all of those extra costs, the cheapest we could get it was $69.95 and not go out of business. And TENS units and other things are reimbursed at $125. But because we went over the counter, Centers for Medicaid and Medicare won't pay for our device. So we have been told that if we put a TENS lead on the bottom of it, then they'll pay for it, even if we don't intend people to use it. Um, and we've also, what we're doing right mm-hmm. now is actually, we have, um, we're using a stereotactic mechanical energy delivery system. So we've got the, the vibration on one side that you would put on the knee or at the terminal extension of the, the, um, the gastrox. And on the other side, we've got a second one that we've made slimmer so you could put it under a brace. So we're going to be testing the opioid reductions after uh, ACL and knee surgery with two units, not necessarily because I think you're going to need it for pain management, but because if it's got two units, then it's going to be something different and it's more likely that the system will pay for it. So it's just, um, and doctors won't write for it if the system won't yeah. pay for it because mm-hmm. why right. should their parents won't, their patients won't buy it. Yeah. yeah. I've had, I've had a lot, of, backwards. A lot of device guys come to me and I, you know, they've got great products, but they're stuck at that problem if they're not reimbursable. It is very hard to get docs to uh, to uh, use it. 
and get patients yep. to use it. So I, I think that's great that you're keeping that in mind. We're running a little over. We're going to take another short break and uh, we'll come back uh, with our conversation and interview of Dr. Amy Baxter. Uh, mm -hmm. You're listening to you're listening to Tech Talk. Tech Talk Healthcare Podcast is sponsored by Cairo Health USA, a healthcare provider owned growing network of over 5,000 healthcare professionals who have already helped over 875,000 families getting the care they need with a cost they can afford. Doing the right thing for patients and healthcare providers. That's Cairo Health USA. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Tech Talk with Dr. J. Hello. Brad Goss, how you doing? We are interviewing Dr. Amy Baxter. Uh, well, we, we are interviewing Dr. Amy Baxter, Brad. You're here too. I know, we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just, I, I just love sitting and listening to this. I hope our audience, I bet our audience will be the same way. But yeah. uh, Dr. Baxter has made some amazing innovations. And uh, Jay's clinic, I'm assuming, is doing some of the some of the testing on this and using some of these to, uh, and, and it sounds amazing. I'm actually going to log on and buy one tonight. I love it. I got a little lower it. back issues and we're going to I'll, gonna I'll gonna give you a discount this. coupon. You can use, <laughs> use Amy friend, you get 20% off. There you go. You hear that <laughs> audience? You know, there we th go. this is one of those things I'd love to put on my infinity website as a resource because definitely, you know, we get a couple of thousand Kairos at any one time on the website. I think it'd be a great link to them to give them a quick resource to that. But let, let's talk a little bit about uh, 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 and continue our conversation that we we started right at the end of the break, Jay. Yeah. So, Amy, you know, it's it's great. It's it's an amazing thing that you are a physician, a researcher, and an innovator. And what I think the audience really needs to know is who is this product perfect for? Who's the perfect patient population um, that this product can help the most? Sure. So. What we're doing with FibroCool is we are using a specific frequency that's going to separate muscle fibers. It's going to decrease pain, but it's also going to increase blood flow. And for patients who have inflammatory components to a, an acute injury, it's got an ice pack that is thin enough that it will transmit vibration and it will melt before it can cause damage. But you're still going to have that blood flow because the high frequency vibration is vasodilating. So the, the perfect patient for this, so the ones who get the best benefit so plantar fasciitis, tendinopathies, any place where you've got an overuse injury, mm -hmm. IT bands, um, any place where you've got a chronic overuse injury, you're going to want to use the vibration unit alone to separate the fibers before you do any kind of work on them. So five minutes um, with a, a weight on it, just getting that vibration in. We've, it comes with a compression pack, but right now it's really meant for the patient to take home with them. Sure. So you can attach the vibration unit with a, a TheraBand. So get the M-stem centered on the area of the, the tightness, then do whatever needs to get done, whether it's I-stem manipulation, stretching, anything that, that has to happen. And then if there's pain afterwards, use the ice and vibration together for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Patients who have uh, pacemakers who can't have an E-stem unit, 
patients who don't like the way Easton feels and really, and certainly anybody who's got more sub-Q fat, so it's harder for them to get the, the stimulation to penetrate down to the Bacinian corpuscles. But the, the study that was done against four lead tens using VibraCool without the ice, just the vibration, found that back pain and knee pain um, were the best, and post-surgical, those were the three places where it was about 3.4 times better. So it's going to be any place around a joint, any place where you've got a tightness, but you've got a lot of, of position sense pachinians, that's really where you're going to get that sweet spot of, of separating fibers painlessly, but also blocking the pain. And, and just to be very clear, so VibraCool is, is, is the second product that you've developed for some of these other injuries that we talked about uh, versus Buzzy, which is used really originally created for the injection sites for kids. Uh, I just want to make sure that that's clear for everybody. Right. Um, yeah. The, the frequency is the same in both units because sure. that's the one that works. That's how the nerves work. But Buzzy uh, works about 10% better for adults because of some feedback loops with the ice and the pain. And the VibraCool doesn't really matter what age you are, but most of our VibraCool patients are in their mid thirties to 60, you know, seventies. We've got, you know, it's, it's people who've got chronic pain or they've worked out and they've got this tightness that'll come. And so if they don't do something right after the workout to loosen it up, they're not going to be able to walk upstairs. So it's that kind of more, more for my age and the silver sneakers, uh, group. That, oh, you're way that younger than silver sneakers. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm 51, you know, I saw a study that, on that, that side of the hump. You're I saw a study using AI that says basically you are as young as you think you are. So, hey, I think I'm 12. It works for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Um, but I really wanted to get back to the point that you made about it being 3.4 times more effective. Not percent, but times more effective. Yeah, 340%. Yes. And that's a yeah. huge order of magnitude. So that's just amazing. That's an amazing result. Well, you know this, Jay. A lot of people don't use TENS with the right amplitude because yep. patients don't like it. And TENS doesn't work if you're not getting down to the the nerves that you're trying to trigger. And so, but beyond that, I mean, I think study after study shows if you're going to have mechanical stimulation or electrical, people choose mechanical because it's just, you know, as soon as you put it on, you feel like, ah, as opposed to, ooh, that's weird. I hope this is doing something good. Yeah, totally. And I'm super excited for this product to just get to market in a massive way. And and I want to make sure that the audience knows how to get these products. So first of all, your website, Amy, how, how, do, how do they find your website? Um, paincarelabs.com. Cool. And we are also on Amazon. Uh, we're actually going to be on Good Morning America in a couple weeks here. Awesome. Wow. Um, the FSA store, I mean, because we're FDA- 510k cleared, you can get HSA or FSA to do it. Um, there are, I would recommend just about everybody get the easy fit. It's probably the, the, the best one for patients to get, but for an office, you should get the extended. It's going to be bigger, a little bit more durable, and it's got more uses uh, for, for different body parts and different sized people. And Amy awesome. friend will give 20% off if you buy it on the Pink Hero <laughs> website. But that's how to get it for right now. So, Amy Jay, Friend, right? Yeah. Amy Friend. Amy oh, Friend. Yeah. yeah. So, Jay, do you see that that this is from a chiropractic perspective? Do you see that this is a replacement for tens? 
I do. Ultimately. I mean, I, I really do. I think this is this is going to be a leading edge intervention that helps patients get better and creates a better experience for yeah. them. And, and sure again, like when we did the pilot study in one of my offices and we we're doing a full study uh, with Amy through the NIH grant that she's gotten, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see the data, we'll see what it shows. But when we did the pilot, the results were remarkable and patients were really, really happy with the experience they had with the unit. That's One a, of the really interesting great. things we found in your office, Jay, was that the pain stayed gone for a remarkably consistent amount of time between four yeah. and four and a half hours. Yeah. So I think we're actually going to learn some new things about one eye afferents and some other nerves that have not typically been associated with pain relief. But I, I think that the mechanical stimulation is doing something that's qualitatively different than the electrical stimulation, as well as having the, the benefits of physics of making it a little bit more comfortable and easy to penetrate. So, yeah, 100%. so Jay, how are you, how are you collecting data on this during the study or how do you plan on collecting that? Are you doing patient surveys, patient, uh, um, uh, doing patient, uh, verbal assessments while you're there? So there's all kinds of assessments and we're using a technology platform. That's Amy, right. you, you were the person who recommended this to us, correct? Yeah, the technology right. platform. Yeah, so, to yeah, correct so Qualtrics, the, to... we're using, we're using oh, an Qualtrics. online, uh, yeah. statistical data collection unit, which is Qualtrics. And so the people who put the duotherm on, and this is the, so vibricals, extremities, duotherm, slow back. And the, the duotherm, we're using different frequency patterns and different amplitudes. And so um, either hot or cold, because you know how much pain management is patients not feeling vulnerable. If you yep. know that you can try something different, your pain goes down because your fear goes down. Yep. So we're addressing the concept of multimodal pain management with this. And the the we're starting with visual analog scales, um, numeric rating scales, you know, a one to 10 type thing. But we're also, we're doing it twice a day to say what, when you, when you start, what is your average pain and what is your highest pain? And then we're using the promise scales that the NIH uses for depression, for pain intensity and pain interference. These are the three scales that are the best at looking at the impact of pain on your life because everybody makes fun of little smiley faces. It's, it's, a, it's the best way to look at pain if you're doing a really short intervention. But over time, it's not what your numbers are. It's what pain does to your life. Yes. So that's what we're using as our measure. And so people are going in on the, the diary online to record what their, their pain interference and, and, their depression and their pain intensities are. Yeah. And I got to give Jenna Slasky, who's our director of research and innovation, a huge shout out. Um, you know, she's, she's the, in the offices, in the clinic, she's the brains behind the research magic. So I got to, got to give Jenna a huge shout out. We, we actually had our, our weekly do a therm meeting uh, today. Afternoon, so. Right. Yeah. I heard yeah. that's awesome. That's great, Jay. It had to be somebody other than you. I know, I know that for sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely not me. Listen, <laughs> and Jenna, I, I Jenna enjoy makes, being the dumbest person in the room. It's it works for me. I say really the same thing. I say the same thing. Actually, I got a name tag that I wear around when we're in the office that I'm the jan <laughs> chief janitor, because that's all it seems like I do is go around and clean up other people's messes. But Amy, I think that's amazing. I, you know, at, in my analytical company, um, just to talk, I, we have. We have uh, graduate level data scientists. We're doing academic level kinds of uh, statistical work. And, and I'd love to find a way to work with you a little bit. Uh, we collect millions and millions of healthcare claims every month. 
And uh, I'd love to find a way that we could look into the population. Our, our patient population management tool that's coming out, uh, Snap Ejects, takes it away from the doctor being the center of things to the patient. And then every doctor that sees that patient has access to that pay, to every doctor's diagnosis, how they're treating that patient. So we're really opening up the transparency of that patient's life cycle uh, to every doctor that sees that. And we've seen some amazing things in some of our dives. We had an accountable care organization in Southern California, and we were able to look at that as a research basis, about 600 providers. And I would love to help look at some of that data for you and how that looks out into the patient population if we can do that. And Jay, I think it'd be great if we could find a way to get her to the tech symposium at one of the conferences yes. to talk. You know, Jay and I teach uh, CE classes uh, in several of the state associations, but in Florida specifically, we have a symposium at each one of their conferences called uh, Tech Symposium. And uh, it's the whole day is spent educating doctors about healthcare technology and trying to get them involved in that. I think it'd be great if we could find a way to get you there. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. they would love you, Amy. Yeah. That would be, it would be magnificent. And, you know, one of the things that I think uh, really is to turn around your question to me, who's the right person for this? And I can tell you how to make it work right for different body parts. But I think that, Brad, your database would really show who are the patients who need to be able to have right. some control of their pain at home? Yep. Who are the ones that are bouncing back? Who are the ones that are prone to opioid use? I mean, that's to bring it back. One of the most amazing things about a study that was done with Vibracool for ACL reconstruction was that 87% of patients were off of their opioids by the fourth day, which wow. is when their follow-up was. Yeah. Well, that is a really important number because if you continue on opioids after day three, you are much more likely to become addicted. Right. So, so trying to find out from your databases um, who is on opioids long-term, who is someone that is having more problems with pain or bouncing back for pain complaints, those are the ones to target because that's really who needs to feel power over their pain at home. And that's Absolutely. the cool thing that happens with this tool because it, 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 it essentially takes every visit, every diagnosis that that patient, patient has had with every provider and spreads it out over a timeline. So you can see in a Gantt kind of format uh, of how the patient has progressed. Now, we also have a MIPS registry, so we're looking at, one of the things we do look at is pain. Uh, we're doing that with uh, Dr. Christine Gertz <clears throat> hmm. in looking in chiropractic and in, in the measurement of pain in some of the chiropractic pieces of it. But I would love to do that and, and look at that because hopefully my, my one of the things I want to do that is look to say, look, look at this patient and look at all the things that happened. Can we jump back to a point in time and if we would have applied conservative care, could we have prevented that whole relapse of other things that happened, all the, all the treatments that went on, all the medications that went on? I agree with you. There's a place and time for, for opioids. I've been there myself after certain surgeries. But, you know, being around Jay and the group that I have for the last 20 years, 15 years, I have learned a lot about uh, conservative care also. And, and there sure is a place for that. So I, anytime, uh, we'll be sure to exchange um, information so we can get hold of you. And I'd love to put your website up on our website so so the docs will have a quick uh, click to get to you and your products. Oh, I, I would be so grateful for that. And I 
I think the place for opioids is in the hospital. I don't think there's really any place for outpatient opioids at all. I used to, I don't now. And I think that the, the big data that you've got is going to show from the visit chronicity when patients are worried, because yep. that's what correlates with increased pain, catastrophizing, right. use of medical resources, is when patients are afraid, when they feel empowered and they feel like they understand what's going on with their bodies and when they need to worry, they stay home. And so I think that I bet I bet that there is uh, some some big data understandings that can come from looking backwards and seeing, you know, we could have predicted at this point she wasn't being listened to. And this is where the intervention should have happened. Yeah, we, yes. find that, we find that especially in the elderly population where a lot of times they don't quite understand. We've even found many cases where they were seeing the same specialist and they did not even realize that and they were overlapping. You know, we, it's a lack of care coordination. That and that's the number one thing. If we really want to change the cost of healthcare, care coordination is a huge piece of that. And I believe our elderly population, that geriatric group, they really get thrown to the side of a lot of times, and, there, and it sounds like there may be some some good use for that uh, with some of your products. So, listen, let's take we're get, we're getting uh, towards the end of this. So, uh, Dr. Baxter, just just if there was a call to action, if there was something that you could say uh, to our to our listeners, a lot of them chiropractors, what would that be? I mean, what would that be for now? And let's go forward five years of how the world is going to change. I, I end all of my talks is I want everyone to change the world in healthcare because we're at that point in time where technology is driving so much of this. Big data is driving it. What, what say you um, with your products and how you see healthcare from, the, from an innovator's perspective? So I would like and would challenge docs to ask their patients when pain bothers them the most. And if it is in a time when they don't have access to their normal ways of dealing with pain management, then having supporting and providing resources for multimodal pain management that can be used at any time um, it's, you know, I, I should be pushing Vibracool, I should be pushing my products, but I, I really think that trying to get to the timing of pain is one way to really help address the management of pain and to give patients the feeling of power. So, um, you know, from, from my perspective, I, I am pushing against the whole system to get people to understand why mechanical stimulation is different from and better than electrical stimulation for most things, not everything, but for, for if you've got restricted muscles, muscle tension, uh, mechanical stimulation is unquestionably better. And so using the, the units, you know, yes, right now we've got units that are for personal use, but just buy one, put it in a plastic bag so you can reuse it for multiple patients. By the end, mid-year, we should be coming out with our VibraCool Pro. But for right now, you can get experience with what the, the M-STEM difference is and try, giving it a try, and for anybody who does it, we've got a lot, um, even if you don't do it, we've got a lot of comprehensive pain management, what works for pain from magnesium to, to distraction to, uh, to yoga to Epsom salts. I mean, just everything. We've got a huge evidence-based list on our website. Awesome. But a big part of it is for, for patients to be able to feel the intensity 
of pain relief that they can use at home. Okay, give us that website one more time, Dr. Baxter. Sure, paincarelabs.com. All one word squished together, paincarelabs.com. Pain and uh, Vibracool and use Amy Friend for 20% off. All and right. You bet. Well, Jay, buddy, it's been another yeah, it's been another great session. I am so glad that you you found her and that she was willing to give us thirty minutes or forty minutes tonight. Well, that was a great that was a great cast, man. It was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you so much, Amy, for spending time with us. As busy as you are, you know, you know, generously donating your time to this show and and just sharing your great knowledge with us and your experiences has been awesome. Jay, as you know, one of the things I love about you is that you are genuinely open and passionate about anything that will help patients. And then you proselytize your joy. And that is a magnificent characteristic for a human being. Good for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. He is sort of that way until you get to know him the level I do. (laughs) (laughs) Now I get, you know, again, kudos, Jay, you are one of my best buddies, you know, you, I love your brother. And uh, you're just jealous about the hair, Brad. You are. That's it. That's it. And as it gets dark here in Oklahoma, you know, it starts looking like I have no hair because I have pure white hair. I'm just the old fart in the room. And, but I, I love patients like Jay. I love helping docs. I, I yes, commit do. tons of funds every year to do that. I yep. give away a lot of help to do that because uh, I see that healthcare is going to be challenged in the next decade. I don't know what's going to happen. And and, you know, I, I want patients to be able to get care. I want them to, to feel better. I want lives to be better, the quality of life to be better. And I know conservative care is the way that healthcare at whole uh, can make lives better and, and truly, Amen. truly change the world. So, yep. again, thank you, Dr. Baxter. Jay, buddy. Thank you, uh, Amy. Thanks, Brad. You bet, buddy. Thank We're God. going out. We'll, we'll see you uh, uh, next week, Jay. Thanks you yeah, very man. much. You bet, guys. Tech Talk Healthcare Podcast is sponsored by Cairo Health USA, a healthcare provider owned growing network of over 5,000 healthcare professionals who have already helped over 875,000 families getting the care they need with a cost they can afford. Doing the right thing for patients and healthcare providers. That's Cairo Health USA.